Uh, we talked about, um, and we can touch on it again, uh, Bhagavad Gita, 12th chapter, those first four verses. You know, uh, we have uh, Arjuna, he's wondering, you know, I have this audience with God, with Krishna. So, boy, have I got a lot of questions. Who killed Kennedy? No, he didn't ask that. Uh, <laughs> We may have to wait for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he wanted to know, what's the meaning of life? What am I? Who are you? What do you want from me? How do we relate? What is this place that we're in? How do I relate to this place? You know, good questions. So, uh, Arjuna wanted to know, uh, which is better? You've talked about different yoga, different liberation. You've talked about liberation into the impersonal Brahman. You've talked about liberation to you as your servant. So, please tell me, which is better? You see? So, Krishna's been kind of dancing around that issue all through Bhagavad Gita, you know, for 12 chapters. You see? So Arjuna says, please tell me, which is best? You know? And then Krishna comes out and says, uh, the one who is my devotee, who serves me in loving devotional service, is more perfect. So, if you like, let's touch on those verses again and then we'll discuss them. Very interesting. Very interesting. The, one of the big differences that I find in um, the Hindus and other peoples of the world is it seems like other people say, I'm right. The rest of you are wrong. You ever notice that when it comes to religion? We're right, every, the rest of the world is wrong. <laughs> but here we can see clearly the Supreme Personality that we're presenting. He's not like that. He says, no, no, you can do this, you can do that. Oh. He even says, if you want to worship me as nothing but energy and light, with no form, no personality. I'll take that. I'll give you liberation. You can be liberated into that, you see. That's part of me, but I just want you to know that's not all of me. There's more. There's me, you see, the Supreme Personality. So, uh, I'll, I'll skip the Sanskrit this for, for now. Arjuna inquired, which are considered to be more perfect, those who are always properly engaged in your devotional service or those who worship the impersonal Brahman, the unmanifest? He wants to know who's more perfect. So Krishna, he replies, the Supreme Personality of Godhead said, those who fix their minds on my personal form and are always engaged in worshiping me with great and transcendental faith are considered by me to be most perfect. But then Krishna goes on. He continues. But those who fully worship the unmanifested, that which lies beyond the perception of the senses, the all-pervading, inconceivable, unchanging, fixed, and immovable, the impersonal conception of the absolute truth by controlling the various senses and being equally disposed to everyone, such persons engaged in the welfare of all at last achieve me. So, 
Once again, Krishna is is saying, well, you know, <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't uh, take away your free will. Krishna is not a salesman. He's not going to sell you. He's not going to say, look, you know, this devotional service is on sale this week. If you sign right here, you know, act now, and I'll double the order. <laughs> you know, he's not like that. You know, Krishna. When you deal with Krishna, it's like you're you're talking with Krishna and uh, uh, having this discussion, and you notice Krishna's got one hand behind his back, and you say, oh, Krishna, what's in that hand that you have behind your back? Krishna says, Oh, nothing. No, no, let me see. Oh, I have nothing. No, no, let me see, Krishna. What's behind? Well, here, see? There's nothing in that hand. Well, now it's in the other hand. What? No, see? There's nothing. So what is Krishna? What is he keeping from us? Devotional service. Now why? Why? What does Rupa Goswami say? nectar of devotion. He becomes our soldier yeah. yeah. We purchase him. When we perform loving devotional service to Krishna, it is as if we have purchased him. You see? Because if our love develops to a certain point, to the proper point, then Krishna becomes imprisoned by it. He's controlled by it. You see, we can control the Supreme Personality of Godhead with love. Now, some people say, well, boy, if I could do that, then I could, dare I say, rule the world. <laughs> you see, but if your desire is to have some um, personal gain by worshiping Krishna, by loving Krishna, then you're not loving him enough to purchase him. See? We start to look look out for Krishna all the way. It's just like when Krishna would go to the forest uh, to take the cows out. When he he would take the cows out, the uh, the gopis would worry about Krishna. Would, what if Krishna were to step on something sharp in the forest and hurt his foot? You see, they're concerned about Krishna. Out of this love, they worry. Now. People who are less in love with Krishna, they would say, well, why should I worry? He's God. He'd take care of himself. You know, if he's God, he ought to know what he's, what's there, what he's stepping on. You know? I mean, even if he did, he can go like that and it's all healed. Why do I care? You see? That's a whole different. So it's like we were discussing today. Oh. And I think people were interested in that. As your love increases, as bhakti matures, awe and reverence go away. They dissipate. It's just like, you know, if you have, uh, sometimes when you were cooking, we have a pot that's got a little bit of moisture in it. And we put it on the flame and turn up the flame and the moisture just evaporates right away. Isn't it? You see? So as you, as the, the love boils for Krishna, Awe and reverence, they they boil, they cook away, they disappear. You see, respect disappears. You see, the, as a matter of fact, as you love him more and more and more, the fact that he's God goes away. 
We don't even think of him as God. He's just wonderful Krishna. He's sweet, loving Krishna. He's the object of our love. He's all we care about. We care about him every moment, you see. We worry about him, you see. That's the loving relationship with this Krishna. Now, some people, they may say, well, you know, I don't know if I'm really interested at this point in having that much of a of an up-close and personal relationship with Krishna or God. You know, I don't want to get that close to it. Isn't it like that? You know, many people feel like that. And not to criticize, it's this is kind of scary business when you think about it. We're approaching God. This is the Supreme Personality. Boy, if we if we don't have the relationship together kind of frightening. We don't know him. He's, we, all we know is he's all-powerful. So I don't know if I'm ready to get with him yet. So maybe if he stayed over there, you know, maybe if he were like here but in the next room, you know, or next door. So he's close enough to where I know he's there and I can maybe send some flowers over or send over some sabji that we cook or something like that. But as far as to go associate with him, well, I don't know. Gee whiz, I don't know. Because what if he asked me to do something? Well, if God asks you to do something, don't you have to do it? What if he asked me to do something I don't want to do? You know, I'm not ready for that. You see? So that's uh, either, I guess it would be either the absence of love or just kind of like a casual caring for him. You wish him well. <laughs> You're his well-wisher. I hope you do well, Krishna. You see. So, and that's okay. That's okay. But as we practice this bhakti yoga, our love increases and increases. And we want to get closer. And we want to get closer. We want to hold his hand. We want to hug him. We want to run with him. We want to have kirtan with him. Can you imagine having kirtan with Krishna? Well, we probably have and and will again. You know? Lord Chaitanya will be. Oh, Lord Chaitanya dancing next. When you go back to Godhead, Lord Chaitanya will be there. And he'll have a heart, he'll have a, uh, what is that squeeze box you have? Oh, I know. An accordion. You know, say, oh, da hey, Donnie's he'll be, here. He'll be dancing in it. Hey, Donnie's here. Hey, oh. here, play your squeeze box. <laughs> Donna Jai is here. Sing. Yeah, they're all going to be, they'll be waiting for you. <laughs> hey, it's time for Donna Jai to come. <laughs> Somebody get him a drum. So, uh, this personal relationship is what we're looking for. You see, as we just talk about those subjects, we think, wow, how interesting, how sweet. The devotee wants it. I want to see Krishna. I want to hold Krishna's hand. You know? I want to play with Krishna. I want to sing with Krishna. I want to cook for Krishna personally. 
you know, I want to look him in the eye. Uh, so we've got we've gotten over that awe and reverence. Still in our position right now, there's some awe. We need some awe and reverence. You know, we're not ready to let that go. But it'll start slipping away. You know, like trying to hold sand in your hand. It just slips through your fingers. You can't hold it forever, you see. So it's slipping away, and we don't really even know it. We still think of him as God. But someday we're going to have to get over that. And Krishna is so kind that even if you're not able to visit a temple or you're leaving him in the other room, like you said, and you're not able to go see him, he's in our own heart as Paramatma. So he will even fulfill your material desires and, and nurture you in such a way that you'll eventually come back to him. Yeah. And see, you know, the futility of the material world, or you'll start seeing him in everything, and then gradually you'll see, well, the wonderful person behind everything. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's through all species. That's Paramatma. Yeah. That's really a kind Every of, living entity. That's a kind of God. Yeah. I'm just, thinking about it, uh, but is it that not the mood of uh, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that he said, Lopir Bhattu Padikamlam Das 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 Just want to be the servant of the servant of the servant. So it, it's nice, it's very sweet and condensed, but that's very high, especially for a person like me. I'm very at this platform. So it's even the uh, Uddha, yes, he was one of the close friends. But when he saw the love of the gopis, he was wanted to be a blade of grass. He wasn't wanted to be higher than anything but a right. So he was wanted to all the gopis to put the step uh, on his, upon his head. Right. So, so when we know kind of how great is the Lord, we just want to be the blade of grass, you know. So yeah, it's it's because he's so sweet and so or a tree happy. giving him shade, yeah. you know. Yeah, even the gopis would say that uh, listen, how lucky the bamboo reed is yeah. because it's touching the lips of the Christian. Yeah. Yeah, they're envious of his of uh, of Veno, of the flute. You see. So yeah, uh, when we get into the personal aspect of, of Krishna, it's not scary at all. You know, for the devotee, it's not a scary thing to approach God. You know, to be with Krishna. Now, the reason why people have this conception that God is unapproachable and that we should kind of be afraid is because they have different uh, uh, expansions or different uh, emanations of Krishna. He's unlimited. So he has unlimited forms. So someone may have some experience or some uh, preference for some other form of Krishna. That's that's one that you uh, worship in awe and reverence, like Narayan. See, they want, they feel that that's 
and that's there is no right or wrong you see if they say well I I, I just don't want to get any closer than our reverence I want to worship my Lord I want to be liberated in such a way that I can worship him great on reverence how can we say well you're wrong there is no right and wrong you see if that's your relationship with Krishna with God then yes go on our purpose in this movement this uh, Krishna consciousness movement is to say this is what's available you can have this Krishna and here's what that means you see it's kind of like uh, this devotional service as we said is kind of hidden it's not really talked about a great deal oh it, in many religions they talk about serving God you know they talk about it you know you know, all serve God most of them will have some kind of concept of serving God but loving devotional service they don't really have much of a concept of you see to get this close with uh, with God many people feel that God is uh, uh, very unapproachable you see he's angry he's jealous he's uh, you know, not the kind of guy you'd want to go associate with up close keep him far away see and it could be that their conception of God may be different from our maybe this conception of Krishna is something that just doesn't appeal I don't want to hold God's hand I don't want to be a blade of grass. You know, I want to be further away. You see? So Krishna, therefore, has unlimited... Uh, what is it they say in India? Yatomat patotat. So many destinations. So many paths. You know? Yes, so many destinations. But we're here to say that this is available. This Krishna is available. I've often said it's kind of like when you go into a restaurant. Can you imagine going into a restaurant and they, they bring you a menu and you look at the menu and you think, oh, oh, this one here sounds very good. You know, so that's what you order. You order something that appeals. It looks like it's the best thing on the menu. And you're waiting for your food to come. And finally, the waiter comes, he sits it down and you look and you say, oh, this is very nice. This is even more beautiful. It looks even more delicious than I thought. So then you start to eat, and then you look over, and there's a man over there, and he's got this opulent dish. And you look and you think, whoa, that looks great. And then you call the waiter over, hey, come on. Yes, yes, can I help you? Is your food okay? That's okay, but what is that that he has? That looks wonderful. I didn't see that on the menu. And the waiter says, oh, but that's not on the menu. You have to know to ask for that. That's special. And the only people who know the chef will ask for that. You see? So devotional service is like that. It's not on the menu. And the religions of the world, loving devotional service is not promoted. You see? Krishna doesn't promote it. You have to desire it. You have to work your way up spiritually. You have to advance. It doesn't mean so much 
memorizing all the shlokas. You know, we can memorize the whole Bhagavad Gita and still not understand. So you can teach a parrot. You can take a parrot and teach him Bhagavad Gita verses. But when the cat comes to get him, he's not going to chant Hare Krishna. He's going to say, Ah! You can say, my dear parrot, that's very nice. You just quoted Bhagavad Gita, second chapter, seventh verse, very perfectly. What does that mean? And the parrot's going to say, ah! <laughs> so advancement to the bhakta means advancing in love, loving Krishna. And when you love somebody, you want to do for them. You want to do. You want to... Uh, uh, and it should show up in everything we do. Everything we do is love. You see, people who do things, the bhakta, uh, bhaktas of Krishna do things lovingly. You see? They don't just go strengthen some flowers real quick. You can see the pictures of the, of the, uh, um, of the garlands made for the deities. Very nicely you know, done. Very artistic creations. They put a lot of bhakti into just stringing flowers. They turn stringing flowers into an art. Why? Because of love. You see, cleansing the temple. Everything that we do. When you add the element of love and get personal, then it's you have a desire to do it very nicely. You see. But if you're just like, let's say if you're a chef in a restaurant, and you're never going to see the guy who ordered this, then you just kind of like, okay, a little of this, a little of that, put it on the plate, put it out. As long as it's not bad, then you should pay for it. I hope you enjoy it. You see? But if you look and you see your, your dear friend, oh, hey, Donnie's here. Oh, then you're doing very nicely, you see. When you add person, the personal aspect, and love, then we do nicer, you see. It, it hurts when we don't do it as nice as we, sometimes you may say, why did I do that? I could have done that so much better. Isn't it like that? Say, ah, why, I was in a hurry. Why did I do that? I shouldn't have done that, you see. Or we may, it hurts if we see someone else doing the service. You say, no, no, you're not putting enough love into it, you know, when you put, when you add the element of love, everything is first class. Personality, when you add, give the recipient of your service a personality, one that you know and want to please and want to love, then all of a sudden everything becomes first class. You become first class, you see. So this element of love perfects everything. So this bhakti yoga is very different from uh, other forms of yoga, worship, whatever. Very different, you see. Now, uh, in our opinion, we can say it's the best. In Krishna's opinion, it's the most perfect. But we can't say that we're the only one that's right. We simply present it. My dear sir, let me show you something that's not usually on the menu. Let me show you something that you may not have thought of. When you got out of bed this morning, you not, might not have been thinking that you could actually go have a personal, loving relationship 
with the Supreme Lord. You see. So I just want to show you that that's available and give you some indication of how you can achieve that if that's your desire. That's this Krishna consciousness movement. You see. We're not here to... Uh, I always, when I'm lecturing in, in different places, I always tell people, uh, I'm not here to destroy your faith. You know, if you're Jewish, Muslim, Christian, whatever. I'm not, not here. Even if you're atheist, I don't want to destroy your faith. I want to show you something that's available and see if perhaps that's for you. So, uh, what about the offering? Uh, it's not, yeah, it's so slow. I don't know why. Everything else is kind of mm. cooked to pieces. <laughs> yeah, I think Okay. So, let's, uh, how about questions or comments? Any questions or comments? These other forms of finding Krishna, of serving Krishna, they're, they're very difficult. Krishna says in this fourth verse here, actually this is the fifth, Krishna says, for those whose minds are attached to the, to the unmanifested, impersonal feature of the Supreme, advancement is very troublesome. The word that's used here is klesha. Klesho dikataraste-sam avyakta-cheta-sam avyakta-hikatir-dukham deva-vadbir-avyapate. So he's saying this klesha, this is this word klesha, it's a difficulty, it's a danger, distress, you see. So Krishna is saying this is very difficult. For those whose minds are attached to the unmanifest, impersonal feature of the Supreme, advancement is very troublesome. To make progress in that discipline is always difficult for those who are embodied. He doesn't say sometimes difficult, usually difficult, almost always difficult. He says always. It's always very difficult, you see. Because as he said in this previous verse, Listen to what you have to do to get it. But those who fully worship the unmanifest, that which lies beyond the perception of the senses, the all-pervading, inconceivable, unchanging, fixed and immovable, the impersonal con con uh, conception of the absolute truth, by controlling the various senses and being equally dis disposed to everyone, such persons engaged in the welfare of all at last achieve me. So it's not like we hear from some of the, the new agey folks. They think, well if I go meditate for 20-30 minutes a day, I can achieve Brahman realization. You know, I can go, when I die, I'll go to the, to the universal energy. Well no. You have to control the senses. And that doesn't mean for just the time that you're meditating, 24 hours a day, you have to control the senses. There's a picture in Bhagavad Gita, you might have seen it, the one with the yogi. He's sitting meditating, and his, th his fingernails 
have grown out real long and his hair is real long. Vines have grown over his body. You see? That's Ashtanga Yoga. He's meditating for a long time. Long time. In a secluded place. And he was taught that from birth. You see? I mean, where do we find a secluded place? <laughs> you go to San Antonio and you tell people, okay, go into a go to a secluded place, lay down coos grass, coos grass. Where are they going to get the coos? <laughs> they have to also concentrate between the eyebrows and make your half eyes up and half eyes yeah. close. You know, and focusing on a point, one quarter inch off the, the nose. And remain celibate, which is most difficult. In a yeah. And stay outside and wear the, uh, what is that, uh, tree bark. Yeah, oh, wear the bark not, of a tree. Not normal dress. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you, you know, these, it means you're going to have to give up your due. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to give up the hairdo. You know, you're going to have to give up uh, the cool, the cool threads. You're going to have threads. You see, you're not going to associate with people. You're not going to have your, you know, your your telephone. It dingles every time you get a hit on your Facebook. You know, it's not going to be. You can't have that and meditate. You know, I can just say you're meditating. Ding, 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 home. Oh, look at this. Oh, yeah, let me text him back. Okay, very good. Okay, where was I? Oh, yeah. Third eye. Right off the tip of the nose. Ding, ding, ding. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, tell her I'll beat her at 6 o'clock. And I'm a yogi. I'm going to the impersonal Brahman. How many times do we run across this? We want to say, you silly person, but we can't. We want to say, you dreamer, but we can't. You know, someone has, uh, they've said, well, I've, I've talked to uh, somebody who actually went to India and they met a guru and they told him how to do this for uh, $240 or something. Write the check, pay cash, the guru gave these mantras and you, know, you sit, 15 minutes here, there, whatever, an hour a day, whatever, you know, like that. And then I'm, I'm going to see the impersonal Brahman. And we want to say, you've been cheated. You see. But that's not the better way to approach it. The better way to approach it is to say, uh, because they're thinking this is the all in all. This is all that's out there. All the rest of you are fools. You and your Jesus Christ, you and your Krishna, you and your uh, uh, Muhammad, you know, you're all fools. There's nothing but this universal energy, you see. It's unmanifest. They think it's uh, kindergarten, lower class religious thinking to think that God has a form. They really do. They think, if you think God has a form, you just don't understand. Well, I've been practicing yoga for 45 days. You, know. <laughs> you think they're going to say, you're 45 days. Now, sometimes they, they say, you know, long time I've been doing like this. You see. So, 
What I like to do is to say, all right, let's say that you achieve liberation in the impersonal Brahman. You know, what do you get? You know? So here you are, you die, and you next thing you know, after death, you open your eyes and oh wait a minute, you don't have eyes. So but you here you are in the impersonal Brahman. You don't have eyes because you don't have form. And you don't have senses because you don't have a body. But you're perceiving something. Well, what do you get? What's this? What's this? What's the prize at the end? Well, uh, peace. I'm peaceful. All right. So here you are. You're peaceful. Now what? Well, um, um, I feel uh, happy. I'm happy. I have happiness. All right. So we got peace. We got happiness. What else? Is that going to carry you? How far is that going to take you? How, you know, you're sitting there thinking, can you see yourself sitting there saying, boy, I am so peaceful. And I'm so happy. You know, did I tell you I was peaceful? And, and happy. I'm happy too. Oh, I'm so happy and I'm so peaceful. You know, so after a while you're going to think, okay, what else? must be something other than just peaceful happiness you see there must be the the nature of the soul is to inquire that way what else what else you got you see we're like that you know somebody shows you a new phone new style this is the newest latest yeah what else you got oh no that's the greatest that's the latest that's the up-to-date okay I'll take this one but you let me know when the new one comes out when the, when the iPhone, the new iPhones come out, there's people standing in line for blocks. Isn't it? You see? All the new stuff, just like that. It's our nature. We don't want second class. Unless we can't afford it. But if it's something we can simply... Uh, I mean, if we're, if we're liberated in the impersonal Brahman, we're going to want. Okay, what else is there? What else is there? You see? And there may be so much there, but one thing that we know, there is no love. What is there? It's like if you stare into this... Excuse me, Panchatattva, I need to use this. If you look into that... See? Interesting, isn't it? Peaceful. Can you love it? Huh? How do you love it? It's a bright light. What? So, we're in the light. We're peaceful. We're happy. Where's the love? And I've had people say, well, you just feel it. Wow, talk about a, a leap of faith. You, got, it, you just feel it. It's just there. They're still feeling that it's what they have to Exactly. This is all about what I want, what will make me happy. I'll be in a nirvanic stage, which means nirvana basically, is, in Sanskrit, means nothing. It means free from everything, away from everything. Zero, zip, nada, nothing. See, so... <laughs> So if you get there, if you get away from the humdrum and the rigmarole of the material world, you know, and here you are, oh, 
So you're away from the traffic and the noise and the heat and whatever. What you're going to want something. The ultimate desire of the living entity is love. You see, we cast our love and we receive love. Now, there is no love in the impersonal Brahman. There are other entities there. There may be some way that we know that they're there. Uh, now, we can speculate that telepathically we communicate. You know, what would you say if you could? Dunanjaya, is that you? Wow. Sure is bright here, isn't it? You know, I don't know about you, but I'm really peaceful. And, uh, and I'm happy. How about you? <laughs> I mean, you can see. You, don't, you, you can see. Where does this go? So, so ultimately, the sincere living entity thinks, I, I really do want more. I require more. So they return back to the material world. They turn around and they come back, take birth on this earth planet, and they continue their search. You see, they start. They keep looking. So, uh, it's not. Uh, we're not saying that it's bad, but it's certainly not the all in all. Now, those who say, "Well, I don't really care so much about this God. I don't. I don't even believe that there is a God." Uh, I deny that God has a personality. I, I deny that there's even any possibility of it. The, these people, the Mayavads, can actually go to the impersonal Brahman and stay. If that's their desire, they can actually go and stay to get away from God. It's a place that you can go to get away. That's their escape. So. All right. Yeah. I heard something I just wanted to clarify. I, uh, it's only from Brahma Jyoti you fall. It's also true that we fall from Brahma Jyoti, but um, it is also true that we fall from the spiritual world. We don't care how we fall and everything. That's, yeah. Again, we don't want to get there. But uh, when I was. I've been reading books, and then uh, what I hear is always we fall from the spiritual world. But then I heard something, somebody was saying that we only fall from the Brahma, uh, Brahma Jyoti. Hmm. So it's a little contradictory because we can only, how do we get to Brahma Jyoti first? If we have been in part of parcel of Krishna, we were all one in spiritual world, then how do we get to Brahma Jyoti first before we fall from the Brahma Jyoti down? Well, Krishna is the source of all sources. Yes. So we started out with Krishna. Yes, that's right. Now, uh, it could be though that we were in uh, the liberated stage above the Brahma Jyoti, maybe on uh, Narayan type planet or we're worshiping uh, Lord Narayan or some form like that in great awe and reverence and we have the desire for more I wish my Lord that I could play with you and love love you and have a loving personal relationship with you so then we if you want to call it fall we can use that it's fall 
but we leave and come back here and continue our journey. Because you can be there and, and wonder, is there more? Where is the loving relationship with Krishna? You have to go to the local Vrindavan to get that. But you have to come here to go there. You cannot go from the Narayan planet. No, you have to come back here. Jadwait Maharaj and I were talking about that a couple years ago in India. Very interesting. What if... From Vaikuntha you can't go? Krishna says once you return to Vaikuntha, I mean, I mean to uh, the Loka Vrindavan, that you don't, you don't come back. You don't... Leave. But from Vaikuntha, from Vaikuntha, from the Vaikuntha planets, so you, you can come back here. But you can't go. To can't, no, you can't hitchhike on up. You know, to but the that's center. That's scary. You may go down. So huh? Instead well, of going up, you may go down. Well, yeah, but, you have to come down to go up. Isn't that scary? Well, yeah, Jai, right. Jai and Vijay, they were in Vaikuntha, and. You know, as far as they were concerned, they were totally satisfied. Yeah. Being the doorkeepers of gatekeepers of Vaikuntha. Yeah. But because of the apparatus to the four Kumaras, there was nothing Krishna can do. Yeah. Only yeah. they can forgive you, and they wouldn't. Krishna so it's like a pastime. I'm powerless here. So they they said we'll take four verses demons, so we could get back quicker rather than seven births as devotees. Because mm -hmm. they wanted to get back as soon as they could. Yeah. So that's a good example. Of, but of, when, when you fall off from the Vaikuntha, as you were saying, down, it's again contradictory for assuming that you only fall from Brahmacharya. Yeah, that's not true, that you only fall from Brahmacharya. Exactly. So I heard something which I did not agree that we only fall from Ramachar. Yeah, no. That's not my understanding and I've never... So we have to. Yeah. Not just from Brahmachar. So you can fall from anywhere. Yeah, that's... I Except agree to that. Golok, right? Yeah. Actually, what if you've never left Goloka? You could fall from there. You can fall from Goloka? Yeah. Krishna says once you go back... Yeah, once you go back... Once you go back, you won't leave. Because we have free will. See? It's, it's kind of difficult to understand. If we fix and meditate on it for a, a while, we can understand that this fall down, although once we're fallen, once the, the, the definition changes from the instigation of it. Because let's say you're in the spiritual world, you're in Goloka Vrindavan. Okay, and uh, you're picking flowers for Krishna, and you see this one special flower, and you think, "Oh, look at this beautiful flower! Won't this be beautiful on Krishna's turban?" Hey, wait a minute. Maybe this flower would really look great on my turban. You see, <laughs> and then. At that point, you may leave, come to this material world, go through all, because all of a sudden now the focus is on me. The flower is for me. 
Now I've taken the, the focus off Krishna as the Supreme. It's the first time that it's ever happened in eternity, but I've had that thought, and I want to see. I want to know what else is there. What if, what if I was the center, you see? So it starts out as something very, um, very innocent. It's not like we pick a fight with Krishna and say, you know, I'm leaving. I hate you. I'm running away from home. You know, it's nothing like that. Krishna doesn't say, security, security, throw, throw this guy out. You know, it's not like that. Krishna feels like, oh, do you, you wonder if there's something else than me? Okay. Now, Krishna's thinking, well, there really isn't. But I don't want you to feel that because that takes away from your free will and this love thing we have going. You know, it's flattering that you would choose me. So I have to, I have to give you some adventure to go on to go find something as good or better than me. So I have to have this material world because I'm not going to look you in the eye and say, look, you fool, there's nothing better than me. There's nothing anywhere near as good as me. So just shut up and love me. That's not attractive to Krishna. He's too romantic for that. He's going to say, oh, would you like to see what else there is? Well, yeah, I, I think so. Oh, well, very good. Very good. I have a nice place that you can go. Would you like to see what it's like you, you know, to be the center of attention? Yes, I would. You see. Okay, off you go. Here's a nice place. Have a nice trip. So, it's not like that. Now, the ugly part See, that's exercising free will up to this point. The ugly part is what we do once we arrive in the material world. You see, we come in as Lord Brahma. And we go down from there. From the way we treat others, the way I try to get all of my share, some of yours, and you trust me so I can get maybe all of yours. And I'll tell you that I love you, and I'll get most of yours. So much I will accumulate, and I will be so powerful, you see. And we start to do such evil deeds. See. Then, from that side, the fall down, oh, this is very ugly, you see. I'm such a fallen, that's like the poems of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he talks of being fallen. And it looks very ugly, you know. It's ugly because now that I'm here, I've forgotten Krishna. I've, I'm using this place as a place to hide away from Krishna and to exploit you and all of you, you see, to wear uh, my mask. And I reserve the right to change my mask at any time, you see. There's this uh, Tamal Krishna Maharaj, when he was going to... Uh, uh, college at the SMU. He was talking to me about this book that he had read. About the, it's called the, I think it's called the Mask, and it's by this very uh, erudite poet. And he was talking how I put on a mask all of my life. I've worn a mask in boyhood and as a child. I wore the mask of a child, and I 
I, I wore the mask that I thought would be accepted by my classmates and by my playmates. And it was a competition to see who had a better mask. You know, personality, my, the way the world sees me. And then as I went on to this age, I wore a different mask. And then I went into business and I wore a different mask. You see? And at even different times of the day, I put on a different mask. I'm, I'm a, a businessman and I'm, I'm a father and I'm a husband and I put on all these different appearances. But so many people uh, have this desire to show uh, themselves, to make a statement to the world who I am and what I stand for today you see and they seem to forget well I didn't stand for this all my life you know and they think but I'm but I'm gonna stand for it the rest of my life although it changes as they go as they grow older it'll change they'll get a new mask but right now they're sold on this mask you know this political thing or this whatever cause and they'll wear a t-shirt that talks about their cause and they'll wear a certain hairstyle and they'll wear certain clothing you know they associate with certain people and it always changes even though every time we get into one of those situations we think oh no no this is perfect this is now this is real but it always changes as we go through life we keep changing our mask and if you say, well, what happened to that thing you were into before? Oh, yeah, that was okay, but oh, let me tell you what I'm into now. You know, with passion, you see. So the devotee, some people may say, well, yeah, but you guys are making your statement too. Well, yeah. You know, we wear a t-shirt that says something about Krishna. <laughs> you know, Chen, be happy, whatever. We wore uh, Tilak devotional attire, we're making a statement. We're trying to say, I'm a servant of Krishna. I'm nothing more. Just a servant of Krishna. You see? And hopefully we will change. We will change that mask. We'll wear that. So, but yeah, this uh, uh, fall down gets ugly once we get here. In the beginning, it's just that we, we want to exercise free will and see whatever. So in that instance we're talking about when you're looking at this flower and you think, oh, wouldn't that look good on my turban? And then you think, oh, wait a minute. It would look better on Krishna's turban. You see? In that period of time, you fell down, went to the material world, went through millions and billions of births, and then came to the understanding that Krishna is the supreme and returned. That's all it really is on that side. That's all it is. You have something that you want to understand. And you get that understanding. And it's almost like you never left. Because if, if even if you're here for a hundred billion years, that's not even a nanosecond in eternity. So it's a long time for us on this side. It's very ugly. Once you get back, it's a whole different story. So. All right, I think we should. Yeah? I wanted to ask you about, um, so when we first come to material, 
world where we're alive. Mm -hmm. And we create the universe. Yeah. But that universe is filled with countless living entities. Were they created by that Brahma? No. The souls uh, always have been. Okay. Um, if it is that they have a beginning, uh, Krishna is the source. I, just, I can't wrap my mind around how this one Brahma creates this material universe which is unlimited living entities in but then that Brahma then goes into it, and that's only one out of the whole. So where is it all? You know what I mean? How could we all be Brahma at oh, there's, one point? There, there are innumerable universes. Right. Some Brahmas from bigger universes, they have like, instead of four heads, they have hundred heads. Even thousand heads. Million heads. Big universes. Bigger job. Bigger responsibility. Innumerable universes. So from there, he may get some contamination, some enviousness, and he may, you know, Brahma, Brahma can fall from that position. Come down. He doesn't come down far. Step down a little bit to the topmost human being. There are 400,000 species of human beings. It's down to that level. Heavenly planets. Streets of gold, perks of, uh, pearly gates, you know. Not bad. A little more and more and more and more and more and more. Down into the animal species. All the way down to the one cell amoeba. From some misuse. We misuse our power. I misuse my power because it's, it's, it's not enough. It doesn't satisfy me. I want yours too. See, that's... Uh, the political activists that we talk to in this material world are right on some things. They just don't have any clear understanding, you know. But it's right because it's typical in the material world. There, it's always been some cheater, and I want all of my share and some of yours because I don't think that this equal share is really satisfying, you know. I need a little bit more than everybody. Even when there are philosophies that say, well, our philosophy is that everybody have an equal share. We see that the way it actually is acted out, there are some, there's always an elite class. Isn't it? Communism was like that. You know. There's never been and even if you did have a, a completely, uh, uh, what's that? What would the word be? Uh, where everybody's equal, everybody's the boss, everybody has an equal say. What is that? Utopia. Utopia. Anarchy. Is that anarchy? No, not anarchy. Utopia is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you know you're asking for you're asking for too much. Because uh, some people know how to do certain things, and certain some people are qualified to do others. In other words, what, if we follow that, then we're saying there's no such thing as varnashram. There are no brahmins. There are no chaturis. There are no vaishyas, and there are no shudras. Everybody is the same. 
us rubbish. There are Brahmins. It's natural. We see how some people are naturally Brahminical. Isn't it? We see how some people are naturally businessmen. That's just, you know, from birth we see. Kshatriyas, we see people. They're natural. They're natural to be soldiers or policemen. And Shudras, who assist everyone else. We see this. And they fit perfectly in that. And we're going to take away that and make something artificial where everybody's like a cookie cutter. You know, how do we do that? We, we can't do that. If we understand the Vedas a little bit, we understand that can't work. Not only won't it work, we can't achieve it. We can't make everybody the same. You see? We need the Brahmins to say, these are the laws. This is what we're all going to, this is what, what the rest of you will do. And we need the Kshatriyas to say, okay, we will enforce those laws. And we need the Vaishyas to say, we will feed everybody else. We will make, we'll grow the food and we'll feed everybody. You see. And then there will all be, always be Shudras who are just as valuable because they assist everybody else in, in their position. It's, that's utopia. That's perfect. And we already have that. It's natural. We just need to organize it. You see, we need to organize Varnashrama. It's natural for people to fit in, the, in those different categories. That's why Prabhupada said that we need to create more Brahmins, the people who can lead. Right. Because we as societies, so-called Brahmin, but they are like a headless society. Right. Uh, body is going without the head, so it can dash any direction. And this utopian desire for us all to have an equal say is is to cut off the head. Or let me let us all be the head. No one will be the arms. Or the stomach or the legs, the body. You know, the Brahmins are the thinkers, they're the head. The Chatriyas are the defenders, they are the arms, the Vaishyas are the feeders, they are the stomach, and the Shudras are the legs. They, they make things move. They make things happen. You see? They're all equally important, and they're actually all on the same level. It is utopian. Because the, at least the Shudra has uh, knowledge that you're a Brahmin. You know how to you know how to come up with a law that's best for the rest of us. And you know how to defend it and, and enforce that law. And you know how to grow the food and do the business to feed us all. So I don't have to worry about thinking. I ha we have thinkers. I don't have to worry about defense. We have defenders. I don't have to worry about uh, eating. We have people to produce. All I need to do as a Shudra is to assist all those people. And I'm perfectly situated. But for me to want that equal say over you and you're a Brahmin, that's foolish. Well, who do you think you are? Well, I'm a Brahmin. Well, so what? I'm a member of society too. The Prabhupada used to laugh at this concept of democracy. <laughs> Prophet said the masses are asses. Demon crazy. <laughs> yeah, demon. Democracy is demon crazy. Demon crazy. 
you give uh, you give a fool a vote. <laughs> you know, and then you trick him into voting, giving you that vote. You give it to him, and you trick him, make some promise, and he gives it to you. And you then you stay in power if I can promise enough people. <laughs> it's silly when we think about it. So, okay. Yes, Mataji. What we follow, then it becomes our. Uh, yeah, if I do puja every day, I mean, if I'm conscious about uh, the God always, mm -hmm. I will become a Brahmin. Yeah. That started in India after the British came. It, the, the caste system got twisted and perverted when the British came. You see, but it's not by birth. It's by qualification, because you may be uh, you may be the son of a Brahmin, and you may be a great warrior. You see, or a great businessman. Brahmins comes from uh, the Brahma space and the uh, Vaishas comes from the hands and uh, the Shudras comes from the legs. 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 They're the legs of society. They're compared to. They yeah. come from the They're compared to. Is it from birth or uh, not by birth? It, no, no, it's not by birth. By qualification. It's like, it's like a high court judge. If, if his son is not automatically a high court judge. Yeah. Exactly. So, because he's a Brahmin, doesn't mean his family is a Brahmin. He has to act like one. And there are certain characteristics, and Krishna describes that in the Gita. He's peaceful, he's kind, honest, honest clean, clean, merciful. Merciful. Can it be said that those qualifications are there in birth? You know, like a, like a warrior? Yeah, good thing. You know, he's, yeah. you know, he's born, he has a that qualification from birth. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And from birth, they, but it doesn't mean that he, just because he was, father was a great warrior, it could be. It's not uncommon for the, uh, a great warrior to come from the father, a family of great warriors, or from a, a boy to come from, a Brahmin to come from a family of Brahmins. Not uncommon. But it's not guaranteed. Just because we take our birth in a Brahmin family doesn't mean we're Brahmin. Or if we take our birth, our, our birth, and so many times I've seen it, uh, very successful businessmen, and they have a son, and he just wants to play music. He doesn't care so much for the, you know, and it causes some conflict. The father says, "But, but I raised you to take over the family business," and the son says, "I." I don't have any taste for it. I just want to 
to, you know, my music. So the father should understand, okay, this is, this is your nature. This is good, you see. So it's not, that's a good example, that's Prabhupada's example. Just because you're the son of a high court judge doesn't mean you will be a high court judge. What is qualification? Right, and also he would get criticized by those, you know, some people yeah. in India or some other Brahmins that say, now you're taking these white white men, <laughs> Malachi culture, yeah. not the Brahmins, and you're turning yeah. them into Brahmins. You know, but it's by quality, by characteristic. Yeah. And if a devotee, a jiva, is using all of his senses to please Krishna. He's meditating and serving a deity. He's being kind and merciful. Then he's acting on the level of the problem. Yeah. When when we take the guru, initiation means an oper an opportunity. You, 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 it, it doesn't mean you know he gives you a string. You wear the string over your shoulder. Now I am Brahman. Right. It's it's like okay now, show me. Here's your opportunity. Be Brahman. So, do the things Brahmins do. Think like a Brahmin. Behave like a Brahmin. But if you do all nonsense, right? You know. And then Prabhupada said that in Krishna consciousness, we can do anything for Krishna. We'll act like a chatri if we have to, or exactly a Vaishya. The Vaishnava, whatever it takes, whatever it takes we may. We may do the work of a Brahmin in the morning. We may do the work of a Brahmin and go do the work of a Vaishya. You know? And then we may be doing just like, you know, the Grihastha, he comes home. He gets up in the morning, he's worshipping Krishna as a Brahmin, bathing the Lord, worshipping Krishna. Then he goes out into the world as a Vaishya. You see, he's a businessman. Then he comes home. And he has to cut cut the yard and clean up. Now, so now he's doing water, you know, or at the temple. He goes to the mandir. He may clean up. You see, he's doing work of a shudra. And if someone were to attack the temple, he may defend it. You see. So the Vaishnava, even though we have some basic, well, we're not so concerned whether I am Brahman, I am Chatriya, I'm Vaishya. For us, for the Vaishnavas, we're just like. As Prabhupada says, utility is the force. Yeah. What are you? What do you need? What are your qualifications? What do you need? It's devotional. What do you need me to do, Prabhu? Well, I need you to, uh, you know, help me go uh, paint the temple. Oh, I can do that. And Lord, Lord Chaitanya quoted that verse that I'm not a Brahmin, Chaitanya, or Right. Lord Chaitanya changed a lot. Did you have something in the Gita you wanted to? No, that's okay.
Um, I was just uh, trying when we were discussing. There was the qualities of Brahmanas were given in Bhagavad Gita eighteen chapter. Yeah. Did did that answer your question, Did you? Did you have another? I thought you had another. Did you have another question? Um, in Bhagavad Gita, actually, exactly, I don't know what is the slogan number, but uh, we don't. Uh, from the birth we have one, uh, in India, from the birth we have one religion, right? Mm -hmm. We don't, uh, actually, whatever it happens, we don't uh, yeah. cross the our uh, religion, uh, some customs like that. But uh, from the nature, uh, if we are, uh, if I'm a uh, God devotee, I used to, I want to learn something uh, from the books or like that. but. Uh, in religion, what uh, what is it is ladies uh, uh, don't uh, don't uh, read those books like that. Like, uh, yeah, some uh, some of the Vedas like that, right? Uh, ladies don't read like that. Some slokas like that. They don't uh, hmm. they don't use to hear also some of the mantras and slokas. But uh, in in this material world, uh, world is only as a Woman and man, right? Yeah. But as a soul, we are all equal. It's, yeah. We don't have a male soul or a female soul. There are. Yeah. Soul is unique. Unique. Just it's a soul. That's all. It don't have a gender. Actually, also but all souls tend tend to be feminine by nature. They're all equal, like you said. All equal. All equal. No male or female. But uh, why don't if? As a soul, I I want to learn something from the Vedas like that. I used to, I want to read a lot. I want to know a lot of from the uh, God like that. But why they used to hesitate? Don't read like that. That is uh, there's a lot of that is all lot of mantras also. Don't uh, don't tell. I mean, uh, don't uh, hear also those uh, type of mantras and all ladies like that. Yeah. Wasn't there a, uh, a story, was it Sanatana or Rupa and Maribai or one great Vaishnavi that said, I want to come, but he says, I am a sannyasi. And she said, but I thought we're all, you know, I forgot how to. Yeah, I can't remember how that story went. But it's like, she... Remind him that we're all transcendental. Yeah. Jano Amata Ji, Rupa Goswami, she was a leader of all six Goswamis, a lady. She was? Yeah, she was selling what are you talking about? Right. And she wanted to meet with one of them? Yeah, she led the whole, all actually all six Goswamis, she was a leader, Jano. Jano, that's right. She initially they hesitated, but then said. No, but she is talking different. Yeah, she is telling why ladies are not allowed to oh. hear Brahman uh, some yeah, things which only Vedas, which Vedas, 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 Vedas are allowed. So. But I think but that's what she should have said. I don't know what she is now. Yeah. 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 What, what about Mir Mirabai? Did she read Vedas or? No, but no, that, that statement also. Or? Can I say something? I'm Please. Not, yeah. Is it okay? No. Now the thing is, this was there, uh, what you are saying, because I, the background, I know what she is talking about. Uh, the thing is, in India there is a ritual that uh, 
Gayatri Mantra It's the man for elevated souls. Uh, but the, what is the purpose of this mantra? What is the purpose? What is it? To get purified. The heart gets purified. So, yeah, and eventually, why? Because the impurities, we are here. If we have been pure, we don't think we will be here. And so, because the impure, to remove the impure, if you know the essence, so therefore Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu lifted all the curtains and said, you can actually, anybody, whether it's woman or a man or a woman or anybody, because there were a lot of customs. And before Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, nobody could chant this Mahamantra also. They said, you have to, if you are Shudra or you are uh, any other uh, than Brahmin, then you have to serve Brahmin. And after serving Brahmin for a long time, you get, your next life you get the body of a Brahmin and then you can chant. So then they were exploiting people. So based on this particular hiding mantra and everything, they said you have to, the Brahmana started exploiting the masses. So therefore Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu lifted everything and he said you can chant the Mahamantra, anyone. He said you cannot chant the mantra because it is meant for specific people. So it was original mantra was Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare. So Mahaprabhu reversed it and said Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. So you keep your mantra, we will chant our mantra. So he kept the sanctity and he reversed the mantra and he said now everybody can chant this Mahamantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama And to go to the second phase, once we chant, we get some qualification and where we can chant the Gayatri Mantra. But the purpose of Gayatri Mantra is also to chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra more purely. So if we know the essence of everything, uh, then it becomes easier. Otherwise it becomes ritualistic without spirituality. So what is the essence? If you understand the essence behind it, it becomes easier. Yeah, Srila Prabhupada, our, our Guru. He, Bhagavad Gita, uh, you have to serve Brahmins like that. Who are the Brahmins? Brahmins means uh, not from by Bhagavad Gita. Uh, uh, I heard it in Bhagavad Gita, it's not uh, this Srila Prabhupada Bhagavad Gita, it's a problem. Uh, another, uh, uh, in Bhagavad uh, they gave. What is the religion means? Those who burn in that religion, right? That becomes a uh, religion like that. They are favorable, but if you don't follow your religion, what is a religion? No, the Lord has originally made Lord has originally made to what is the purpose? It's a Sam Siddhartha It is meant for pleasure of the Lord. If the Brahmanas forget who is the Supreme Lord and forget to preach, then they are not Brahmins. They are just exploiting masses. The whole Brahmin is also a servant of all classes. But if he forgets to deliver the Lord to the whole society, then he is simply exploiting. 
that means only when the feeding is belly, huh? in the name of a thread, which is just can be bought 25 biceps. So the whole purpose of Brahman is to glorify the Lord and to help everyone to come closer and to love Him. And if that is, if Brahmanas are not doing that, then they are not Brahmanas, they are the cheaters basically. They exploit other people. Thus, Prabhuji was mentioning, just by chanting mantra, you don't become Brahmin. It's by, how do we love God and give others that same love and help the whole society to love God? They are the real Brahmins. Brahmin means who Brahma Acharan, who is called Brahmin. What is Brahma Acharan? To serve Him and to give others the same love. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that was very good. That was very good. Good explanation. Made it so stringent for. Uh, Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Yes, thank you. For There's still remnants of that yeah. caste system, even though please, please. they say it's not there, but it's still the untouchables. And you know, but Chaitanya said even a dog, if a dog is favorable, he would give a coconut to the dog. Shivananda saying, and that dog was liberated. So the jiva is part of Krishna. So there's no limit. We want to make everybody Brahmins by qualification and then let them perform whatever their natural propensity is. But, but give them the qualification of Brahman. Srila Prabhupada, he gave Gayatri Mantra to ladies. Ladies go on the altar, serve the murti. You see? And, and what is that? Also, jnana and, and in bhakti serves both, right? Yeah. It's like uh, you can try to go searching for knowledge, but once you have bhakti... It contains everything. It's like once, once you have Krishna, you, you automatically have the impersonal Brahman. You, you have that plus everything else. But when you have bhakti, you have everything. You have jnana. Because the purpose of jnana is to learn to love Krishna. When you love Krishna, when you fall totally in love with Krishna, you, you know all the Vedas. The essence of the Vedas is to love Krishna. So, once we attain that, you have everything. Alright. I think we should wrap it up. I'm sorry for all but this was nice. I like this. I hope uh, nobody felt like it took too too long. Is it okay that we took so yes. long?